We don't know what to do next. We don't know where to go. We're in a desert. We're looking around. We can't see cities. We can't see lights. We, we can't see the stars. We don't know which direction to go. And I'll have you know that even in those moments, God can provide. But if you could turn with me now in your Bibles to Psalm 107. Psalm chapter 107. Psalm chapter 107, and we're going to read uh, the first three verses together as we open our message here. Psalm 107, and I'll just read them for you. Psalm 107, and I'll be start reading here in verse number one. So in Psalm 107, verse one, uh, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message, for the Bible for the psalmist who wrote this, these scriptures, for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give us what we have here today. God, thank you for your word. And there's a lot for us to think about as we enter into the new year. And God, I pray that you would give us the proper perspective on moving forward for your honor and glory. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We want to give all these things over to you now. In your name we pray. Amen. Verse number 2 in Psalm 107 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Give thanks unto the Lord. Let us, who are the redeemed, if we're saved here tonight, let us praise the Lord. You know, as we look back on 2021, every time we get up to the new year, it, it really, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I always think, Man, it, it went by quick. I mean, there were parts, believe me, that went by really slow. But then after, when it's all said and done, time still seems to go by much faster than, well, than we think it does. You know, as we look back at this past year, I find that our world seems to be really overcome by two primary conflicting emotions. Two primary conflicting emotions that our, our world seems to really be overcome by. And they, they both kind of sit on, one, on either end of the spectrum. And yet, at the same, at the, equally, they're both about the same. And I'll explain what I mean. The first emotion is fear. Fear seems to be something that's overcome a lot of people in our world today. And to be fair, even before everything that's happening has happened, fear has still been a prevalent thing. Even 2019 and beyond, and, and previously beyond, and, and in the past, fear's always been something that the devil has used to, well, to manipulate people, to get them to do what he needs. We know that God is not the author of confusion. We know that God also, it's not his intention that he give us fear. This is the devil's work, the devil's doing. And fear is something that our world is always had a problem with, but let's focus on last year. 
fear of sickness, of course, fear of health, fear of safety, uh, fear of conspiracies, fear of even recent uh, shootings that have been happening a lot, fear of racism. There's lots of things that we've feared over time, and it seems to have elevated so much more this this past year. But you know, equally with fear that has overcome a lot of our worlds is another word, frustration. Frustrations overcome our world as well. We're frustrated by perhaps restrictions, frustrated by politics. Of course, that's been going on since politics first started. Frustrated by certain decisions being made, frustrated by sickness, frustrated by conspiracies, frustrated by all the shootings and the racisms. We could look back at 2021 and just feel really frustrated by what's taking place, by what's going on. I don't know about you, but 2021 almost feels like just an extension of 2020 in some ways. It almost feels like it's just been one really long year. It still almost feels like it's just a long 2020 year. The last two years just feel really long. And almost, if you're not careful, you can look back and feel like we haven't really gotten anywhere from a societal standpoint. And it can be frustrating. Frustration is something that uh, we encounter on a daily basis. Frustrated perhaps by traffic, and frustrated by this, and frustrated by that, by job, by payments, by finances. Fear and frustration. I think back to myself at the beginning of the year 2020. So not 2021, but two years ago, the beginning of 2020, at the, you know, the dawn of a new decade, I remember setting out on some new resolutions. You know, it's 2020. What are some things I want to accomplish? You know, reading books and exercising and dieting and all these things, these resolutions and things that we've, we've made. And we were excited to do them, you know? 2020, man, what's, what's going what's gonna to happen this decade? What's going to happen this year? I'm excited about what the Lord's going to bring to us. And well, we know 2020 is more memorable for other reasons. And then 2021 comes around, the year where the time we're supposed to make some new resolutions and be excited about the future. And to be fair, many of us weren't really all that excited. Ah still feels like it's 2020. It feels like we're still, uh, things are still aren't going the way that we want. And it almost, we kind of lost that excitement to be starting a new year because, well, it didn't feel much different than the year prior. March of 2020 comes around and the world gets turned upside down and we find ourselves canceling plans, canceling, uh, all the things that we were hoping to accomplish and conquer. We were hoping to uh, do all the things, you know, we had all these big ambitions and plans, and a lot of them got put on hold. Kids couldn't hang out with uh, their friends at school like they used to. Teens had to struggle through their academics and social life. Screen time increased, but we soon realized it wasn't the same as in-person time. Seniors in high school had to cancel their long-awaited graduations and their 18-year birthday parties. 
Young adults also had to adjust to online classes, although some of them probably prefer it that way, I think. But many of them had to postpone or alter even their future plans as well. Even part of their careers had to get put on hold. Parents had to learn to juggle uh, kids at home, being more at home, juggling work and trying to keep their kids safe and trying to stay sane at the same time and sorting through all the media and news and trying to make sense of things that we couldn't quite understand. It was a fearful and frustrating time. And for a time, all we could think about was, you know, the pandemic and everything going around us. And then eventually we remembered all the other troubles and heartaches that we already had, that were already taking place. You know, we, we, we were reminded about cancer and heart attacks and heartaches and depression and anxiety and financial trouble and work trouble and family issues and spiritual issues and exercises and diets and careers and relationships and schools and friends and all the other things that came with what we're already dealing with on a monthly, a weekly, and a daily basis. So then we enter 2021. We enter it very differently than we entered 2020. We weren't all that excited. Most of us probably didn't even try making big plans or goals for the new year because we didn't even know if we could, you know, do any of them. What was once an exciting time of year, Christmas and New Year's, just a couple, just, well, just a few days ago, now for some of us just became a time of frustration because there were things we couldn't do. And I think, uh, I, I believe many of us made the best with what we were allowed to do these past couple of weeks, but you would be, we were still left wanting, hoping, praying that maybe 2022 will be different. And of course, I don't know what 2022 holds for us. I have no idea. I'm not God. Nowhere near it. We battle between fear and frustration. There are many people that are so frustrated with all the rules and regulations, you know, the masks and the vaccines and the travel restrictions, and the, there are those who are frustrated at those who don't follow protocols, and we fight against this and we fight against that, and you look at the news and family members, and there's lots of fighting and arguing, and ah, it's frustrating, the world that we live in. It's a world full of sin. What can we expect? The point is, it would be normal for us to look back and to be frustrated at certain aspects of life. It would be normal as humans, and many of us find us in such a circumstance. How do we continue through a life filled with fear and frustration? We look back, and uh, it's easy to see the negative. How do we push forward and keep going, keep trying to strive, keep trying to make goals and hit goals? How do we keep going? How do we move forward? How do we weave through all this frustration? Well, Psalm chapter 107, verse 1, starts out by saying, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. Oh, and why else? Because his mercy endureth forever. You know, sometimes we go to a restaurant or nowadays uber eats or skip the dishes or something and you know we order something or we're sitting at the table and we're waiting and 
uh, at the end of your meal, you have the option to tip your waiter or your waitress, right? Or tip your, your Uber driver or whatever. We have lots of tips these days, right? We have the option to tip. And many of us, you know, are generous. And some, some are, you know, we're not as generous. But the key is we're willing to tip somebody if they did a good job, right? I mean, you know, we still may be a little stingy. You may get pulled uh, pull a little bit back and maybe just throw some change. Whatever the case is, if somebody does well, especially Uber, uh, for Christmas, we, we ordered uh, Denny's for, for Christmas breakfast just for fun. We thought it'd be fun. It was snowing hard that day, and it was weather outside, and the driver was always messaging us saying, uh, you know, waiting for the food. Uh, on my way there, he was a good driver. When he came, we made sure we gave him good tips because he had to drive through the snow. A lot of things weren't plowed yet at that time, and he came in. He had snow all the way up his clothes. He was trenching through the snow. We appreciated that. We tried to treat him well. You know, sometimes we treat God like our waiter or a waitress. You know, and we only tip good if the service is good to us. We only, we only thank God, we only praise Him if, he's, if, if things are going the way we want them to. As long as my food isn't cold, as long as I have everything I need, Lord, then I'll, I'll praise you, I'll thank you. But instead, let us praise God no matter what may come our way on the table of life. Look with me in verse number 8. Let's read verse number 8 together as we begin the message this morning. Look at verse number 8 and let's all read it together. Psalm 107 verse 8. Verse 8. Uh, ready and begin. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now read with me verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children. Just for fun, this side over here, you read verse 8, and this side over here, you read verse 21. How about that? Ready? Begin. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children. of Four times, the psalmist gives the exact same verse, the exact same uh, phrase here. And we're going to look at these four phrases, and the psalmist gives us four reasons to praise the Lord. Four reasons to praise the Lord. We should praise the Lord, first of all, because he satisfies us in the desert. Because he satisfies us in the desert. Look at verse 4. The Bible says... They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. <laughs> oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul 
and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Why should we praise the Lord when there's so much fear and frustration in our world today? Well, first of all, because he satisfies us in the desert. God satisfied the Hebrews when they were in the desert. Do you remember the children of Israel wandering around the wilderness 40 plus years? They had no food, no water, they had no provisions, and yet God provided for them every step of the way. When they needed food, God literally sent angels food from heaven. Read Psalm 78. He sent manna. They would wake up and this manna was just laying on the ground. They scooped it up and they were able to eat it and survive. It rained food literally from heaven. When they got tired of that, they wanted meats. God sent quails. They woke up and quail were just laying all over the grounds. God provided for them. When they were thirsty, God used what? A well from the grounds? No. That would be too easy. That would be logical. What did God use? A rock. He used a rock to give them water. Just because he can. Just because he's God. God provided for the children of Israel when they were wandering all about the desert ways. And if God can take care of, and when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert, they're estimated to be between one and two million Hebrews. Let's just round it. This is cut in the middle. 1.5 million people wandering through the wilderness, and God was able to feed and provide for all of them. And you know what? We can learn to praise God because he satisfies our needs when we're in the desert. When we don't know where to go. Look in verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. God can provide for us when we don't know where to go. The children of Israel, they didn't know where to go. Of course, they had sinned and they were now wandering in the wilderness. But there are times in life where we as Christians, we don't know what to do next. We don't know where to go. We're in a desert. We're looking around. We can't see cities. We can't see lights. We, we can't see the stars. We don't know which direction to go. And I'll have you know that even in those moments, God can provide. Look at verse 7. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. God saw them wondering. He saw that they didn't know where to go. So he led them in the way that they needed to go. I remember just after I had graduated, or I was just about to graduate from high school, I didn't really know what to do next. Anybody ever been there? Of course, right? A lot of us have. Fortunately, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to serve the Lord in the ministry, in a church, but I didn't know how to get from where I was to getting to working in a church. How do you, how do, you do that? I'm only 17. How do I get from here to there? And of course, uh, my first step is I wanted to go to Bible college, a college, a place where they could train, teach you from God's word, and you get hands-on experience. That's what I wanted. So I had a lot of options. Where I live in the United States, there's a lot of Bible colleges to choose from, and a lot of them are great. It's really not, and a lot of them I had to choose from. There wasn't really bad things about either of them. They were just all different. And I remember for the first time, I remember going to my dad and saying, Dad, which Bible college do you want me to go to? And he says, oh, oh, Tim, that's your decision. That's not mine. That's your decision. What? Dad, you, you decide everything for me. I'm your son. You do. No, my, dad, my, my dad said, no, but this is, this is your life. God has called you into the ministry. 
You need to cry out to God. You need to make this decision for yourself. And my dad said, you know, if it were up to me, I'd want you to stay back for a year or two, maybe uh, earn some more money, maybe learn a trade or something before you go into ministry. He said, but that is your decision to make. He said, if I see you going in a really bad direction, of course I'm going to pull you aside and get you back on track. But Tim, this is your decision. I'd never had to make a decision really beyond, should I wake up or shouldn't I before? And now I go from that to having to decide where do I go to college? And of course, my dad gave me some advice and he'd, he'd help me here and there, but it was my decision to make. And it was tough. It was difficult for a 17-year-old. And many of you have been there, made way worse, way bigger decisions at an even younger age, I realize. But for me, it was a big deal. I remember being confused and not knowing what to do. And I remember narrowing it down to the two possible places I would go and still saying, God, I don't know what to do. I remember it came down just weeks before I was supposed to start a college. And I had signed up to both. But I hadn't, I hadn't committed to which one. They both thought I was coming. And I had to decide, Lord, which one do I go to? And you know what? God showed me, of course. I picked the college that eventually I would meet uh, Pastor White's son-in-law, who would eventually lead me here, the same college I eventually meet my, my wife-to-be. And no mistakes were made. God allowed everything. God meets us when we're wandering in a desert, when we don't know where to go. And God, when we're in the desert, God satisfies us. He provides for us when we're in need of provisions. Look at verse 5. Hungry. And thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, verse 6, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Now, we can look back at a year, perhaps, of frustration. Perhaps, uh, and perhaps, you know, life is different for each of us. Maybe we've had a fantastic 2021, 2020 year. It's so much easier to praise the Lord when things are going well, aren't they? But when things don't quite go the way you want, how do we find a way for us to keep serving God, to keep praising Him. Well, just remember that your needs were met. Maybe you didn't eat as much as you'd liked. Maybe you didn't get to eat the, the specific types of food that you were hoping for. Maybe you didn't get to travel to this place and eat there. Maybe you didn't get to drink this or drink that, but your provisions and your needs were met. The children of Israel... They probably wished they had a hamburger stand every one. Okay, that, 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 I shouldn't have said that. They, they probably wished they had uh, different foods and things, and they did get tired of, of manna after a while, and they asked God for something else, and then God gave them something else. Maybe it wasn't exactly the food that they wanted, but their needs were met. They were satisfied in the desert. It's easy for us to look back and just look at all the things that we didn't get to do. This was my list of things I wanted to do. This was my list of normal things that I would normally do. I didn't even do half of them. And it's easy for us to look at all the negative. Instead, God's saying, but I provided for you. You're okay. You're still here. I know things may not have gone completely the way you wanted, but I'm taking care of you. We can praise God because he satisfies us in the desert. But, Another reason we can praise God is because he saves us from prison. Because he saves us from prison. Look now in verse 10. 
The psalmist now transitions to his second example here. Verse 10, he says, Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contempt the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness, out of the shadow of death, and break their bands and sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Many times in life we find ourselves in this prison. And in a prison, the psalmist here describes this prison, verse 10, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. He speaks here of solitude. Some of us may have come to a point, maybe this past year or so, where we kind of felt like we were alone, like we were isolated like we were by ourselves. I don't just mean physically, maybe you know we have quarantine and those things, but there that could also play into this where we felt there was a time in our life where we just felt like we were alone. We were in solitude. We were alone in this prison. You know this concept of feeling alone has been around since the beginning of time. Do you know who the first person to feel left out and alone was? Adam. <laughs> Adam. Remember his name in the animals? And he was like, hey, we're, like there's two of them and two of them and two lions and wh where's two of me? <laughs> Where am I? Started all the way with Adam. He didn't know what it was called. He didn't know this feeling he had, but God did. And he noticed there was no sin in the Garden of Eden. Adam feeling a little bit left out. He wasn't sinning. Feeling alone is not a sin in itself. Sin can cause loneliness at times, but Adam was just an innocent feeling. He felt kind of left out. He didn't know what it was. God knew exactly what he needed. And God was the only one that knew how to help him. You know, many young people think, and elder, elder people too, they think that the secret to loneliness oftentimes is just finding that special someone or finding a best friend. It's finding that, that special person, that maybe a, a future wife or a husband. If I can just get married, my loneliness is gone forever and ever. They think that's the secret to it, but they're wrong. Because in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, the Bible says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Why do we need to be content? Because in verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We tend to want to fill our loneliness in that void with other items and things, and even people, and those people do help when we're feeling lonely, and friends and those things do help, but God is the one 
that heals loneliness. God is the one who truly understands what you're going through. God was the one that knew how to satisfy it, how to help Adam. But you know what? We don't have to be constantly frustrated with what we don't have or be fearful of what may happen because we understand that God is in control and will never forsake us. Oftentimes when we're in that state of loneliness, we fail to see the people around us that are actually there in the first place. But understand this, that we can learn to praise God because he saves us from prison, the prison of solitude. Uh, verse 10 also talks about the prison of affliction. We won't have time to delve into this, but in James 5.13, the Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. There are times in life, perhaps in 2021, where we felt afflicted. Maybe it was physical, maybe it was mental, maybe it was a spiritual affliction. Maybe we're fearing, feeling some of this solitude and affliction even right now. But understand this in verse 10. Those of us that do feel this prison of solitude, of affliction, also may feel this prison of sin as well. See, look in verse 11. Because they rebelled against the words of God and contempt the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Oftentimes, our own sin will bring certain things upon us, and we're going to look at this in our next point here. But understand this. If we cry out to God, he hears us especially for one of his children. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, oh man, you're missing out on the blessings that come from knowing God, from being able to go to him when you're feeling down and depressed and lonely and afflicted. You're missing out on the, on the, on the opportunity to speak to the King of kings and Lord of lords. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, do that today. Man, what a great way to start out the year by becoming a child of the King. A child of God. But perhaps we found ourselves in these prisons of solitude, of, of affliction, these prisons of sin, where we've kind of got ourselves caught up in, in sin and things we know we shouldn't be involved in. God says here, you cry out to me. You repent of those sins. I'm here for you. I'm here. I never left. I'm still right where I left you. I'm here. Let me come down and let me help you. Verse 16, I will break the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in asunder. You're stuck in this prison of solitude, of, of affliction, of sin. I'm strong enough to break those bars open and free you from that prison. Oh, that men would praise the Lord because he satisfies us in the desert, because he saves us from prison. But also in verse 17, Praise, we should learn to praise God because he soothes our self-affliction. He soothes our, our self-affliction. I need to explain this one. Actually, I don't have to. The psalmist does it for me. Look at verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Did you see that? 
fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquity are afflicted. There are times in life where our own, if you will, sometimes our own stupidity, or as the Bible calls it, our own foolishness, causes affliction on our own life. We sort of self-inflict. We inflict, uh, we have affliction that we, we put on ourselves. And in this case, the psalmist describes an instance of being on one's deathbed because of this foolishness. Look in verse 18. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near into the gates of death. They get so sick that they get to a point where they don't want to eat anymore, and they feel like death is upon them. Verse 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. Man, there have been times perhaps where we're in such utter anguish. The affliction is so deep and so terrible where food doesn't taste good anymore. Water doesn't quench like it used to. Sleep is deprived. We feel like the end is near. We get in such a, a, a state where we don't know how to get out. And sometimes it's self-inflicted. Not all the time is it. Sometimes there are other circumstances that bring these things upon us. But in this specific instance, the psalmist is speaking about self-infliction. Perhaps it's sin. Of course, according to verse 17, their transgressions, their iniquities against God, they found themselves away from God, living in the world, doing the thing that they wanted to do. And then they find themselves in a hole so deep they can't get out. How do you praise God in that circumstance? You know, when, when you messed up and you know you did, you sinned and you went away from God and, and you, did, you went astray and you know you did wrong and now you're in this hole that you dug and you look up, it's so high now, you can't get out and you could see God looking over the hole at you and you feel guilty, you feel ashamed and you feel sick to your stomach and life just isn't what it used to be. How do you praise God in that circumstance? Sometimes people get so deep and so afflicted that they, they don't want to get out. Sometimes they just want to end their life. Sometimes they just want to continue to wallow. And they just want to continue to feel sorry for themselves. But that's not what God wants from us. Oh, that's not what God wants. Because it says here in verse 19, they, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. These are people that saw what they were in and they didn't want to be there anymore. But they didn't really know how God would forgive them, but they tried anyway and they just said, Oh God, would you forgive me? Would you pull me out of this hole? Verse 20, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 22, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. We can learn to praise the Lord because he satisfies us in the deserts, because he saves us from prison, because he soothes our self-affliction, our own foolishness sometimes. God still is there and he wants to save us. That's worth praising God for. But the last illustration the psalmist gives us is in verse 23. We can praise the Lord because he stills the storm. Because he still, stills the storm. Look in verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, 
these that see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, and they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. You see, the psalmist is painting a picture of sailors on a sea. And they could see the majesty of God, the power of, of the ocean and the winds, how it picks the waves up and the boat reaches high up into the heavens and comes crashing down and up and down. The Bible says that they're scared. They're at their wit's end. They're tossed to and fro like a, like a drunken man. Ever been there before? Ever been on a bumpy, bumpy boat through life? Going up and down? You're, you're up high and then one, the next minute you're crashing down below and then you're, you're back up again. You find yourself at your wit's end. You're frustrated maybe. You're, you're fearful. Well, that's what the picture the psalmist is giving us here. Even men, women who find themselves in the deep storms of life, even in those instances, verse 28 happens. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 32, let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. I don't know what kind of year you've had. Or what kind of year you're going to have. I only could speak for myself. I've heard a story or two from some of you, but only you really know what goes on inside of you. You and God, of course, knows. You know some of the stuff that you've had to go through this past year. Some of the stuff maybe your own family doesn't know. Stuff that you've kept inside. You know some of the things perhaps that are going to come ahead. Some of the things you're going to keep to yourself and hold in. You're going to go through your own kind of storm in life. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're going through a storm now. I don't know. We all go through storms. Some are more treacherous than others. Some are smaller. But we all know what God can do to a storm. We've seen it firsthand in, this, in the New Testament. Where the disciples were on the ship. They were tossing back and forth. And what was Jesus doing? <laughs> he was sleeping on the bottom of the boat. God doesn't have fear. He's not scared. He would, I don't even know how he'd sleep. It, it, somehow it put him to sleep. He didn't get seasick. He was sleeping, and the disciples were even probably more frustrated that he was sleeping. Wake up, Jesus. Help us. Save us. He wakes up, and ah, he reaches out, and he says, peace be still. We've seen how treacherous water can be recently. Those of us that live in Abbotsford and beyond. You've seen the power of water. And that was, in many cases, from other parts of the world, mild. Some have, have been hit by straight-on tsunamis and major waves that doesn't just flood houses, but demolish them. We've seen the power of water and wind and what it can do. 
And yet we see the power of God, how he could just put his hand out and say, stop. And it listens to him. You see, it doesn't matter the storm that you're in. It doesn't matter the self-affliction that you may have put yourself through. It doesn't matter the prison that you feel isolated in or even the desert that you're wandering around in. We have a God that is capable of bringing you out of all of those. Not just capable, but, but is. In some cases, as the psalmist said, it requires us to humble ourselves, to repent, to get ourselves right, for, us to, for God to help us. And in other instances, it just requires us to say, God, help me. Now understand, God doesn't always help us immediately. Sometimes the storm was given to us, and he needs us to ride it for a bit. He needs us to learn a lesson or two along the way. He may not bring us out right away. Sometimes tragedy falls along the way. Health, sickness, death even. Just people close by. We don't always understand the mind of God. But I want to close with this one thing. If you could turn to Psalm, or sorry, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. If these four reasons weren't good enough for you to praise the Lord, praise the Lord because he does indeed satisfy us in the desert, because he saves us from our prison, because he soothes our self-affliction, and because he can still the storm in our life. If those aren't good enough reasons to continue praising God, no matter what may have happened the previous year, and no matter what may continue to happen in the future, if those weren't reasons enough, then let this be a reason enough for you. If you look in Isaiah chapter 43, and look here in verse 21. Isaiah 43, 21. Now you've got to read this whole chapter because it is powerful. But Isaiah 43, 21 actually tells us one reason why we were created on earth in the first place. Because in verse 21, the Bible says, This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Now you've got to read the full chapter, and for sake of time, I don't have time to really delve into this. But you will read this chapter, and you will find out the reason that God even created us was to, first of all, be a witness for him, to show forth uh, his works. But secondly to show forth his praise. We were created, we were left here on earth to praise God. That's one of the reasons we're here, is to give glory and honor to him. That's just, a, that's just what's expected of us. God is up in heaven, he's providing, he's caring for us, but sometimes we're, we're so small and we're so tiny on this earth, but we, yet we still get so focused on ourselves and what isn't going our way, and we forget to still thank God for all the things that he has done for us and for what we do have in life. We, we forget to continually praise him and praise him. And God wanted to remind his people here in Isaiah that, don't forget, I'm leaving you here on earth to continue praising me. You realize, too, that there is a full-time job up in heaven? Around the clock, 24-7, there is a multitude of angels that 24-7 around the clock sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 24-7 all throughout heaven, there's a band of angels 
that are up in heaven praising God all day, every day, every second of the day. And you know what? When we get to heaven, we're going to get to do that too. We're going to get to praise God every second of the day. Praise Him. If we can't, if we can't learn to praise Him now, we're missing out. Because if you can learn to look, look past all of the hardships and just see God on the other side and give Him glory, I can't express to you how, how much it helps you get through those hard times. When the bad times come, if we're able to maturely and spiritually decipher it and take out the negative and still see the positive in, in it all and still see God through it all, it's going to make life so much easier to live. And it's going to make us be so much closer to the God that created us. So, as we reflect on 2021 and look ahead to 2022, let us not dwell on all the fear and frustration in our worlds because, let's face it, there has always been fear and there will always be frustration. But instead, let us all together as a church, as a whole, let's praise the Lord for all that he's done. If you could stand with me as we pray unto the Lord. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.